taste it. Yeah, how you going? Izzy Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Kempi's been given a one-match ban. He ain't here today, Kempi. <laughs> Hope you're doing all right. No doubt the app will be on because we all know Kempi. He don't sleep. What a sleep for Tony Kim. Hope you're doing all right, brother. A well-deserved rest and full pocket skill for our good friend Tony Kemp, who, well, <sighs> didgeridooed his way to the finish line yesterday. Well done. Big good morning to you, Rick Dog. Kia's in the kitchen. Aroha. How you doing, Rick? Why, well, yeah, good, mate. Good. Is if you go to our Instagram feed and uh, look up mm. our Instagram feed and you see the video for this morning, I don't know if he's been given a one-match suspension or if it's HIA oh. protocols because the way he's acting... <laughs> Oh, oh, Kempi, go have a look at it. What's he doing? What the hell is wrong with our good friend Kempi? Oh, uh, my. Is he turned into a horse? <laughs> Something like that, mate. Something like that. Man, I, and, but how good How good for him. Uh, Did you getting up yesterday? I've got one beef, though, is he? One beef. Yeah, same. I've had enough. What have you got? I've got this. I said to him yesterday, he was talking about his horse. Got one, got one. New runner, new runner, new runner. I was like, oh, yeah. Loaded up my account, jumped on, it's going to place the bet. He goes, oh, don't back it. It won't win. I was like, what do you mean? Oh. He goes, oh, it's, it's never had the blinkers off before, so no, I wouldn't back it. And he stared me into the, the nag that ran fourth instead. So there you go. Thanks, Kempy. Thanks, Uncle. What does he do as soon you as it wins? I told you so. <laughs> yeah. I told you all to get on, mate. How good's that? Mate. How good's that, is he? I got on. Oh, my gosh. He's the worst tipster. Like, he, he talked me out of it, and I watched it. I was like, man, this is a grey horse. I like grey horses. And, and obviously, it got into a good spot. Out of space. No chance. No chance. And it came forth and, oh, wasn't even close. It was wide at the back. I don't know what McNabb was up to. But anyway... Uh, didgeridoo, Mr. Didgeridoo just dooed them right to the end and uh, fought off a valiant effort from the late uh, running late, but mate, got a second wind like our good man Tony Kemp and backed it. And the worst thing is, Joe from Gizzy was hounding me all day. He's like, bro, are we backing it? Are we backing it? Are we backing it? Well, Mr. Kemp said to you and myself, nah, nah, don't back it. Go Lazio. Go Lazio and race four, he reckons. Well, that came second, Tony. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's a lesson to be learned there about Kempi's, Kempi's uh, tips. <laughs> Only one that got paid out of this is Tony Kemp. Yeah, exactly. Man, he's had a good couple of weeks. Oh. Al Sherrick. Oh, so good. Mate, going so First well. thing he says to me, got me a new truck, Dagger. <laughs> they just got me a new car. There you go. That's my station wagon there, Dagger. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, well done. Well, no, there he is. He's awake. Did you do dabba dabba do from the one lonely Tony Kemp? Tony, sleep, Tony Flintstone, by the sounds of that. Jeez. Oh, Mr. Tony Kemp. I hope you're having a good morning, brother. We've got a big show, though. We're going to be talking uh, plenty of sport. We're going to talk the French Open because it's happening right now. The women's semi final in the Schwatek is uh, going to go close to heading into that French Tennis Open final. And uh, we're going to have a chat to Brett Phillips from across the ditch about that, taking on Brazilian Habdad Maia in the semi-final, and Muchova well, just advanced straight through to the final over Sabalenka. So a big upset there. We'll be talking that. We'll be also talking the men's tennis 
as well. We've got Kasparud taking on Alexander Zivrev, uh, Zivrev, sorry, and Alcatraz taking on Alcaraz taking on Djokovic. So there's plenty of big games coming up. A couple of tongue twisters anyway for me to get me started on a on a Friday morning. So tennis, we're also going to be having uh, talking more than an athlete with Michael Uting. And uh, a big story there. I was just doing a little bit of reading this morning. He's had his own uh, health scares as well, mm. Ricardo. He's a former All-Whites goalkeeper, uh, and he's giving back in the community. We want to share that, that story with you this morning. So looking forward to that around 7.40. And after 8, we're going to be talking some Super Rugby with Josh Ryan. Here's the Chiefs prop. They take on the Reds. Uh, the only team to upset the Chiefs this year at home saw in Taranaki, that game was played. And uh, so, look. Is it going to be the schwang shong for Brad Thorne and his crew? Well, they'll be doing their best to, to upset the Chiefs here, Rick Dog. So a big show. Big show, mate. What are you actually on Brad Thorne? Because obviously, you know, the things haven't... He started well, I thought, at the at the Reds, but things haven't probably gone to plan for him as well as he'd like. And because he's kind of over, over there, if you're a former All Black and you're not immediately winning everything, you're straight away under, under the microscope, right, as a coach... What do you reckon he does next? What's his What's his next move? Is he going to stay in coaching? Do you think? Nah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I played with Brad, and I I, um, I never thought he'd he'd be. A, he's a wonderful motivator. Like that's what you get from Brad. He's pretty staunch. He'll be tough on on the team. He'll have great standards. Uh, people won't want to let him down, but just because he's just got that, you know, that feel about him. He's tough. He's uncompromising. Um, so it'll be interesting if he stays in the coaching realm. Look, he played a lot of league too, Ricardo. You mm. know that, and uh, he did a fantastic job there. Could potentially see him maybe just dipping his toes in the water there, and and maybe heading back to to league, a game that he played from the start and picked up rugby later. I can potentially see him going back there and and having a dabble in it. If not, then off offshore, probably overseas will probably suit him um, to have a crack overseas. So what do you reckon, league? League could be a well, potential. As soon as you said that, I thought, "Hang on, you know, all these big nations—the Irish, the English, uh, the Aussies, the, even the Argies—they've all got leagueies coaching their D." Yeah. So did Brad Thorne pick up a gig with I don't know South Africa as defence coach, or or France, or someone like that, or is it something? I, you know, I think Razor's backroom staff sorted, so I don't know if there's any room back here, but. Yeah, look, that that could be a possibility. I never thought of it from that point of view, but overseas, yeah, you're dead right because all the league backgrounds. Um, you got Sean we- Sean Edwards over in overseas. You got Andy Farrell. You know, obviously a real league influence. There's plenty of league that is going around in regards to D. But just the only possibility, like Paul Tito spoke about yesterday, it all comes from opportunities and and you know doors opening opening up for these people to fill those roles. Is there any around the globe? I'm trying to think. Scotland. Is there a possibility for him to go to Scotland? Um, Japan, you know, head over to Japan. Is there a vacant role there? Like, if you're going to have that, is there an opportunity over there? It's, I think all the rosters will be full, but hey, World Cup cycle, things open up. So anything could happen. Oh, there's plenty of jobs over here at Super Rugby level as well. <laughs> if he wants one, there's plenty of those wants to come home. If the Aussies don't want it. We'll have them. We'll have them back, mate. Um, so there's the re- only one more. There's only one more. The Blues. The Blues. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. A good question. Mm. Mm. Vern Cotter is the front runner. You think? I'd say so. 
I say yeah. Vern Cotter's leading the run at the moment, but hey, Brad Thorne, throw his head in the ring, see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting, mate. That'll be interesting. Uh, did you manage to get, catch any of the league last night? I just had a catch-up this morning. Um, I've, I've been watching a new show. It's not even new at the moment, but mm. I've just found a, My wife's already watched it. It's called The Last Kingdom, and it's, um, it's on Netflix. So I started... Sp- Binging that till about 11 o'clock. And 11 o'clock for me is late. That is late, so I was Dagger. Like, oh, no. I need to go to sleep here. So I took, switched the TV off, went to sleep. And I woke up this morning and I went on and I just uh, checked out the game and watched uh, a few of the highlights and just got a real good uh, recap of what went on. Obviously, the Gold Coast Titans were, were too good in the end. Um, the front ball, the front ball worked an absolute treat last night. A couple of good tries from. From those front runners who traditionally get missed, don't they, mm. Ricardo? Like when the ball goes behind, you usually like they're just an easy s- switch off and move off that front defender. But they worked it really well last night, Gold Coast, and got some rewards. But I guess the big talking point is Upi Curacao suffers yeah. a broken jaw potentially. Oh, not repercussions even repercussions for that. Yeah, not even potentially. Tim Sheens has confirmed he's needed surgery and it's broken in two places. Oh. So he's he's done for Origin, right? He's he's out minimum six mm. weeks. Possibly longer, you'd ha- you'd have to think. Uh, so that brings into question, you know, Damien Cook. Does he get a reprieve? Is he co- they call him back in to New South Wales because they're going to need a hooker? I think so. I think that's uh, that. There was a conversation we we're having about Monday. I think it was mm. we we're talking about Damien Cook with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's been playing well. He's been there before. Upi Coruscant being injured, I think that makes that decision a whole lot easier for. For Brady Fittler, so he'll seem seem seamlessly into there and, and have a crack at, at the nine position and then just kind of got to figure out the seven debacle that's going on. Or is it debacle? For me, it's just an easy switch, isn't it? Nico Hines and Adam Reynolds. Yeah, that, that's what I'd be doing. That's what I'd be doing. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, if Freddie's all about this uh, having combos, then it's Reynolds and seven, isn't it? Reynolds and seven. I know Cody Walker's injured, so that might not work, but you know, you, you probably need somebody at six. Can Reynolds and Hines play together in the halves, or do you need something else? I'd like, I, I can see him. I can see, oh, look, I like Luai because he brings unpredictability to his game, but they, um, I think they need like a little bit more structure going to Suncorp. And saying that, structure and, and just being safe probably isn't going to win it there. You've got to go there and and really rattle this Queens inside at Suncorp. They can't. They never win there. So that's a difficult task. So you got to think differently. And I think the Nico Hines, Adam Reynolds, two different halves, going to Suncorp with, you know, they never felt defeat in the first game. So they were fresh. They know that they love their state. So go there and try. And what I love about it is you've got two genuine playmakers and two genuine kicking options on either side of the ruck. So you know how traditionally they target the 1-7? Yep. Well, now you've got two. So when those chasers have to chase and they've got to um, focus on two kickers, well, it just creates options around them. So that, that's something I really like about that. Yeah, split that the chase kick. around the ruck. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's, it's not the worst call. i tell you, the other thing to come out of that is that uh, Big Tino, who was such a big part of that uh, Queensland winning effort, first game has been put on report for, uh, for Appy's broken jaw. Oh, <laughs> There's plenty going on. He scored a beautiful try last night. That was an amazing front ball line that he ran. But, um, oh, mate, how long are we wait? 17th of June, isn't it? Yeah. The next one? Oh, well, we're, we're not too far. They've already got injuries as well with um, Jai Arrow and Co. So he's gonna probably going to 
I never saw the shot. Was it quite nasty? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. He kind of led with an elbow forearm kind of thing, and uh, mm. yeah, those are. It's a weird one. I mean, like because last weekend we saw uh, Suiali get suspended for three weeks uh, for ra- raising his legs too high when he was running, mm. and I remember. Uh, Conrad Hurrell getting done for that against Cronulla a few years back. I don't know, and I always thought it was weird. I was like, how can you suspend a guy for pumping his legs too hard? Yeah, it's it's a via for feeder. He used to do it quite quite a lot in Super Rugby and playing it for the Wellington Lions. I remember that day he jumped over one of the county's Monaco players. <laughs> he's, he's an athlete, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting one, eh, eh Ricardo? Like we like this is. The things happen really quick out on the sports field, and you know when you're going into something that's a a brick shit house. Let's be completely honest. Yeah. You're like, okay, I've got a brace here. So what are you going to use? You're going to use all your 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 hardest and, and most um, you know strongest parts of your body. So look, uh, 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 is it intentional? Do you think most of those things are intentional? Yeah. I know when they're going up, they put their elbow up. That's just the really brace. When you run into a tackle, you put your legs up because that's a brace position. It's a bit like the high ball. When we got talked to catch the high ball, Rick, your knee is your biggest weapon. Mm. If someone runs into your knee, they ain't going to jump again. So why not utilise it? It's probably the same as, as with rugby, but I guess we're trying to focus on the safety of the game. But hey... <laughs> I think we sweat a lot of the small stuff, eh, don't we? But that is that is small. He ain't doing it intentionally. No, nah, he's not doing it intentionally. And I think, you know, the other th- I, I, I put it on the other side. I put this on the tackler, you know. If you were Suyali, you're trying not to be tackled, right? You're pumping your legs, you're going hard. You want to make that look as ugly to the tackler as possible. Don't put your head here, mate. Don't put your head yeah. here. You know, so that's on, that's on the tackler, I think. I, th- I think it's, yeah, 100%. I think it's the the height of that knee, too. Like, Suwali, he's a big man. He's got long limbs. He's, he can move his arms and move his legs. But I guess when you're going into that tackle, it's the, I think it's the way that you're going to lift that knee. So most bunters, they keep their legs on the ground, and they lower their shoulders, and they get gravity. So you're trying to bump them down into the ground. I guess for him, the only downside to what he's doing is he's lifting his knee quite far off the ground and it's so obvious to see and I think that's where they're sledding him down so I think if he wants if it's the way that the NRL and rugby's gone it's just a technical adjustment that he has to change within his game yeah, we'll keep you. Um, we'll keep talking about that throughout the morning. We'll get a few yeah. few uh, few conversations going around that. We we do need to address a couple of things, Izzy. Uh, one of those is footy shirt. Footy shirt Friday. Kes is wearing his AC Milan shirt. I've got my uh, my Auckland City jersey on. Uh, what 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 are you wearing this morning? What's your footy shirt um, this morning? What have I got? What have I got? Footy shirt a, Friday. Um, Bringing it back. I've got a. I've been. A, I've got a grey one. Um, nah, boys, you know I know what? Right. My shirts don't fit. Right. <laughs> right, okay, okay. Well, mate, My I, shirts I, don't fit. I feel your pain. You I, know, I have a drawer with about 100 football shirts in it, and there's only about mm. five that still fit, to be fair. Yeah, look, I've, I've got nothing that fits, man, honestly. Look, it's given me motivation. But um, I don't have a. I've got. Look, I can go. I'll go again. I'll go inside and get my Kansas City Chiefs um, Super Bowl uh, winning title shirt, eh? Yeah, well, there you go. That's that's your, that, that that's footy. That's footy. That's your, that's your okay. footy shirt Friday. I agree with that. Let let us know what you're wearing. Double eight, double three. <laughs>
uh, is the temper bedpost text machine. What do you got on for Footy Shirt Friday today? The other thing we need to do is this. Can't wait question of the day. Heading into the weekend, big weekend for Super Rugby with the quarterfinals on, and it's always a good uh, time to have a punt as well. Uh, is it which New Zealand Super Rugby side is anchoring your multi this weekend? Who's not falling over? Uh, guaranteed. Chiefs. Chiefs Crusaders. They are. They are not falling. So if you want to anchor, definitely Chiefs. Yep. And obviously the Crusaders. Wow. If they go on and get this. Uh, championship run done. It might go down as one of the greatest. They've had another injury with Sam Wallock's out. Oh, that ain't helping the cause. They've got props that, um, you know, they're going to have to play 60 or 70 minutes, Oli Yeager and Tamaiti Williams. But, um, yeah, I think they'll be the two two cements for the weekend's games. I think the Blues will be t- too good for the Waratahs. The one question mark, the one question mark I have is the Hurricanes going to Canberra to take on the Brumbies. That is the one that I'm just a little bit unsure. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a tough game. It's probably the closest game of the weekend. But let us know which one is anchoring uh, your multi for this weekend. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. That is our can't wait question of the day. A few texts through already. Uh, Kempi's kick is already down the drain. Out, out of force. Fourth, Lazio second. Uh, gone burger, <laughs> gone burger. Uh, My leg came through. Belladonna, Belladonna Lily. Came first in race two. And Cam, then, sorry, mate. Kempe's come back to us saying, I'm just keeping the price up your mugs. <laughs> so basically that <laughs> says don't trust anything he ever tells you about his horses. Uh, and Timmy's let us know the 21st is the next origin. So 21st, not the 17th. So still good. Yep. Yeah, but two, two weeks away. Two weeks away on that one. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast at 6.21. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Purchase any lipo sachets from Chemist Warehouse for your chance to win a Samsung Bespoke home package. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 6.27 on SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 0800 811 is our number or 8833, the temper bed post text machine. Temper and bed post. Uh, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. That's uh, the gun show in Christchurch. As he's, uh, as he's had the rig out, he's got the uh, he's got the Kansas City Chiefs jersey on now, mate. You feeling better about life, footy shirt Friday? I am feeling good. I've got a Tyreek Hill autographed uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He's always had the Miami Dolphins, but that's all right. I've got my footy. Friday shirt on and uh, ready to rip into this day. And, well, Kempe just continues to surprise me. That wasn't even the kicker whoever messes that through on the text machine. The kicker is the Blues to win between 11 and 12 points. So we've got one tick. 11 and 20. Between 11 and 20, we've got one tick from our good friend Cam and myself. So we're just waiting for Kempe later on in the week to anchor that. Will be the anchor, you know, yeah, anchor, sinkers, whatever. Sinkers, yeah. The, he, he said the multi is Belladonna Blues to win eleven to twenty. Come on, come on. Tim mm. reckons uh, that the Crusaders at home because it'll be too cold for the draw. Yeah, that's probably it's a mental game for this draw side. They've got the most, they've got the quickest ball, LQB ball at ruck time in the competition. So for them, last week against the Blues, they made thirteen clean breaks against. The Reds. So well, that really rings to me. This is a team full of athletes. Their three 
their three uh, quality players is Akani Veri is the hooker, Frank Lamani is the the nine, and then you've got Mere Dilanalangi, who is at 8-6. Those three are really important for this team. But for me, it's not about their game and how they play. It's upstairs. It's going to be cold. It's going to be freezing. If they go there with this mindset, they're going to wake up, it's going to be minus two. At night time, it's going to probably drop to a high of four. If they can get over that barrier of the cold, the mindset, they've got a genuine chance, Rick Dog. They've got a genuine chance. If you're Razor, are you telling are you telling um, Richie and Co? Look, if you're going to kick, make sure it goes out. Don't give them a broken field to run in. <laughs> yeah, well, we saw what happened last week when the Hurricanes unstructured the game and just pl- kept it open. Didn't allow the Crusaders to get to set piece, slow it down, play their structured style. They got so much gains out of it. So, yeah, you're going to kick it long, you make sure it goes out, or you make sure it lands on the ground so you're turning the Fijians around and they're not catching the ball on the full. That's that's, that's still going to take a long... Look, it's going to be tough for the draw to go away. They've never travelled well. At home, they're tough, but they've never travelled. But, hey, funnier things have happened in sport this week, Ricardo. Yeah, well, that is true. That is true. There's, <laughs> there's plenty that's happened, mate. Plenty that's happened. Usually involves Kempi. But anyway, uh, he is uh, he, he is not with us today. Uh, well, he is, uh, but he's not in the studio. I don't. To be honest, I don't know why he took the day off. He's up so early, and he's uh, he, he's sending more texts than anybody this morning. Is. I don't know what he does. Uh, he's always doing this for a dog. Honestly, <laughs> just let him be. Let him be. <laughs> So keep your texts coming through. Our can't wait question of the day. Which New Zealand super rugby side is anchoring your multi this weekend? Let us know. Double eight double three temper bed post text machine. Hey Izzy, do you did you ever get that feeling that maybe that you had you'd signed uh you 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 started playing the wrong sport when you were a kid? Um was a horrible at it. No, not that. I just seen uh, Ngolo Kante, who's the Chelsea midfielder, who's been injured for the most of the last eighteen months. His contract's up with Chelsea, right? So he's going to leave on a free mm-hmm. contract, on a, on a, on a free. Uh, he's just been offered uh, by Al Ittihad in Saudi Arabia, of all places, uh, eighty-six million euros a season for two seasons. <laughs> So I get what you're saying now. Yes, yes, yes. I've thought about that plenty, Rick Dog. I love playing cricket, and obviously the IPL came out. And I seen all the money. I was like, "Wow, what the stick to that game, you mug?" Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous money, mate. Honestly, and he hasn't even played for eighteen months. Well, hardly. He's played a little bit, but he's been he's been injured a lot in the last year and a half. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's coming to the end. You know, he's 30, how old is he, 32? Um, you know, he's, he's won a World Cup with France. He's, you know, he's kind of been there, done that. He's just, he's just cashing in. I've asked you this plenty of times, but is this good for the game? Is this going to wash away a lot of the clubs that really can't compete? I was talking to, um, to Mighty Williams last night, and one of his good friends plays in Sweden for a fourth division team, and he gets paid around a million dollars a year. Yeah. In Sweden. And I'm thinking, that is ludicrous money for a fourth division team. Like, oh, it just baffles me. Rick Dog, I know we're going to move on. Yeah, we do. We do. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, that the way that the Saudis are going, it's a retirement village, right? So I, th- I think it's actually rejuvenating the game in Europe because the older guys who are soaking up the money are moving on 
and you're getting more younger players coming through, there's maybe a little bit more money in the game for those younger players to come through. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. But, yeah, it'll be interesting, mate. It'll be interesting. Uh, we just had a message through as well. Kempi always looks so fresh in those Insta videos. Does this, that bloke ever sleep? Uh, that's a very good question. We, we're not entirely sure. We don't even know if he's human or if he was built in a lab. Uh, but there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll try and figure that out for you. It is 27 away from 7 o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Time to catch up with Araha for the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, we are building and shaping New Zealand. Are you wondering what the latest in sports is? Uh, well, if you were kind of wondering that, here you go. Uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Here is some sports headlines for you. Damien Cook could be in line for an origin recall after Appy Coruscant broke his jaw against the Titans on the Gold Coast last night. Coach Tim Sheen said this post-match, He's broken his jaw in two places. It's a major issue. He'll have scans, but we're taking him for surgery tomorrow. He'll be a minimum six weeks if he's lucky. It's a jaw. The jaw is broken. It's badly broken. It's going to be major surgery for him tomorrow. Uh, the Tigers also lost Luke Brooks to a hamstring injury and the match, 28-12. Mike Venus and his Canadian mixed doubles partner, Bianca Andrescu, have lost the final at the French Open, 4-6, 6-4, 10-6. To Venice's former doubles partner, Tim Puerts and Japan's Mio Kato. World number one, Carlos Alcaraz. And world number three, Novak Djokovic, made in the semi-finals tonight of the men's. The winner will be a short favourite to win the Grand Slam. And uh, sticking with tennis, unseeded Carolina Mucheva saved a match point before battling past second seed Aranya Sabalenka 7-6-6-7-7-5 to reach the French Open final in thrilling fashion and end the Belarusian's dream of becoming the world number one. The Australian Open champion Sabalenka was overwhelming favourite to win the last four showdown. Would have taken her over the top spot in the rankings if she had won in Paris. Those are your sports news headlines. Thanks to Bunnings Trade uh, Trades and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of tennis news. We're going to be talking more tennis as well after seven with Brett Phillips out of Australia. Uh, is he the? It's yes, it's it's been a great Grand Slam. This is always the the one that you get a few different names because it's not a traditional surface. Eh? So it's often you get a, a you know a thirty or forty ranked player come through to the business end. Yeah, that, the one I was looking at yesterday, I was watching a bit on um, on Sky Sport and Alexander Zverev, and obviously, well, he went through last year at this tournament, he had a bit of a scare in his injury, he's had to fight back, so you can see it in his emotion, eh, what it's what it meant for him, and uh, he's taken on Kasper Rudd, and obviously Kasper was down here for the ASB Classic, so we got to see him, I actually went to that game, it got bloody rained out, and they went inside, and we're behind closed door. He actually lost that game. So um, that was disappointing. But I think it's the other game we're going to talk about. Alcaraz Garcia, like, taking on Joker. That is the match that I just absolutely can't wait to watch. Alcaraz looks unstoppable at the moment. 
But if anyone can do it, it is the Joker. He, he's so aggressive. That's the thing. He just puts play, play, the opposition on the back foot all the time uh, with the way he plays the game. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a great game. and looking forward to talking to Brett Phillips about that. Had a few more texts here on double eight double three. Exactly what your anchor for the weekend was, uh, if it's one of the Super Rugby uh, quarterfinals, <laughs> uh, which one it is. Uh, but no, no, nobody wants to talk about that, apparently. Uh, Mark has said it's South Sydney. Uh, he's, he's anchoring with South Sydney this weekend. Uh, and this one from Joe. <laughs> Boys, my anchor is not my didgeridoo. I backed oh. all of Uncle's second place tips, so I can't punt for the weekend. But my multi for the weekend would have been the Denver <laughs> Nuggets. By five plus, along with the Chiefs, the Crusaders, the Brumbies, and the Warriors with a five point start. That sounds like a pretty good multi, actually. Oh, it's a good multi. That's a good multi. Hopefully, you can put that one on there, Joey. I know your disappointment because you were pretty much abusing me and hounding me all morning. Is did you do win? Does did you do win? And I didn't know because Kempi gave me absolutely nothing. And then it won, and he was had a little smirk and a giggle in his voice when I <laughs> rang him. So, apologies for that. But, um, but that's a good tip. That's a good tip. And uh, I've got my uh, one multi that I'll be doing this weekend. I'm going to be sitting down, studying hard, and uh, probably getting beaten again. But that's okay. That's right. But yeah, you keep firing through your uh, your tips. Uh, what your punt for the weekend is, because those are always good to good to share the love. Uh, unlike Kempy, unlike Kempy, uh, who'll try and steer you away. He's, he's done a Paul Mawadi. He's, he's he steered us away. Sneed us away. It is coming up 20 to 7 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is just about that time to take on the Quizmaster. You want to win yourself $150 of TAB bonus bets. That's what's up mm-hmm. for grabs. We can get you mm-hmm. sorted for the weekend. Give us a call now. 0800-150-811. 0800-150-811. And fill your boots. Support your aches and pains with Deep Heat Original Heat Rub, 200 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now 14.39. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. You did as and can be, but the questions stress you out. Yay! The quiz master is getting busy, but Uncle's clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them? Try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 quizzy dang and TAB bonus bets, don't ask Google all your slate. Yay! It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ What? It's Quizzy Dag. Oh, we want that weekend. Quizzy Dag on SENZ Weekend. Quizzy Dag, 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 I'm actually working on Saturday. I'm going to go do the Crusaders draw a game for Sky and uh, get out there and watch it in the cold with my crutches. So it should be fun, but looking forward to watching a bit of live rugby over the weekend. Anyway, let's head to Palmy North and have a catch up with Damon. He's up first. Morning, Damon. Good morning, lads. How are you today? Oh, very good, very good. I know you're chipper because you want that $150 worth of bonus bets, eh? Sure, Ripon. Let's give it a crack. 
Well, if you can't get this one, there's something wrong with you. Okay, here we go. Who will start at number eight for the Canes against the Brumbies this weekend? Oh, that's a good one. Braden Osi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the great Manawatu man. I knew you'd get that one. So it's a good one to start for you, Damon. Here we go. Question number two. Which ground is the World Test Championship taking place at? Is it the Oval? The Oval is correct, Damon. On a bit of a roll here. Here we go, mate. Question number three. How many tries has Raiders winger Jordan Rapana scored this season? Oh, I might need a clue on this one, please. Oh, you've, you, uh, you've get, you get this many if you've completed your set. Uh, you, you get this many if you've completed your set. Six? Yes, that's good a good clue. clue. I had a... I had a um, my mind was racing. I was coming out with another clue there, Ricardo. But that's okay. That's okay. Here we go. Question number four. Damon... Liverpool have signed Alexis McAllister for next season. Which club did they sign him from? Um, damn it. I'm just going to have a stab at Benfica. Benfica. It's a good no, stab. Damon. Good, it's a, it's good, a good. random stab, but it's a good stab. Yeah. Good try, mate. Awesome. Appreciate it. Let's head to... Who are we going to go to? We'll go to Jade from Hamilton. Morning, how are we? He w- morning, morning. He wouldn't have Googled. No way. Liverpool have signed Alexis McAllister for next season. Which club did they sign him from? I want the answer and how. How? Can I get a clue, please? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's by the seaside. Blackpool. Oh, yes, yeah, you're in the right. You know, you're thinking the right way. You're thinking the right way. Oh, so close, Jade, brother. Appreciate your call, man. Have a good day and have a good weekend, man. We're going to go to Troy. Morning, Troy. Good, thank you. Liverpool. They've signed Alexis McAllister for next season. Which club did they sign him from? Uh, Brighton, Hoselwood. Brighton Hove Albion, £35 million dagger they spin on him. Oh, you'll never walk alone, brothers. Wow. And is that McAllister? Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, and you know, you know what country he plays for, is he? With a name like Alexis nah, McAllister? There's just, like I was just saying it like an idiot. Yeah. So I was like, Alexis McAllister? Yeah. But I had a, because it had a space in it, so I thought it was Mac Alistair. Oh, I see. That's that's my fault because I wrote that. So that, no, nah, nah, that's all right. I was just, I just sound like an idiot for five minutes. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Mate, three hours were on here. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rick Dog. Thanks, mate. Hey, Appreciate it. Here we go, Troy. <laughs> Troy, to win $150. Here we go. Can you name the three all black try scorers? From the 1987 Rugby World Cup final. Uh, John Kirwan. David Kirk. Five. Four. Is there any any, uh, clue on the last one? He's a sir. Uh, Michael Jones. 
Troy, you're getting paid, mate. You're getting paid $150 worth of bonus bets coming your way. Kez will sort that out. Oh, well done. Well, what, have you got anything you're going to put it on, mate? Got any lead-ins for the weekend? Don't be like Kempi and be selfish. <laughs> well, actually, I, I put one into Kempi's kicker that didn't get a go, but um, following his Wittemu pin, uh, I think it's race yeah. two at, at uh, wherever the Melbourne meeting is, uh, Billy Pin on... Uh, on the horse there, I think it's number seven. That might, might get a crack. Watermoo pin over in Melbourne. Awesome, mate. He's been going good since he's made his uh, trip across the track. Tasman, appreciate your call, brother, and get, good luck for the weekend. No. Awesome, boys. Thank you. I was going to say, maybe we should keep Troy on to do the Love Racing update. It sounds like he's got some oil. Yeah, because we got none. <laughs> <laughs> and our oil baron's got the day off, and he's keeping all the oil to himself. Oh. Nah, ring, ring him up, mate. He's awake. He's him awake. Up. Get him on. We'll get him on. Tony okay. Kemp, we'll do that up. next. We'll do that next here on Is He Kimmy for Breakfast. Yes, welcome back. We're four away from seven o'clock. And after seven, we're going to be talking tennis with Brett Phillips across the ditch. There's plenty going on. There's actually a match happening at the moment. We'll keep you up to date. But right now, it's time for Love Racing Update. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Well, I've had a look over the fields. There is uh, a meeting on Saturday at Awapuni, meeting four, race three. There's one name that really stands out. It's only paying a buck seventy-five. At the moment, but it's Butler from the one and only stable from Al Sheikh Sharok. I think that's a given. I heard him listening, uh, speaking on the airways yesterday for the TAB. Obviously had Mr. Didgeridoo going around in that race out of space. And then in the next Lazio. But he spoke about Butler. And Butler's been flying at the moment, Rip Dog. So if anything to go past, Winter Stables racing for Al Sharok. Butler should win that race three at Awapuni on Saturday. There's another one that I was just reading up, up about a New Zealand bred filly called Ruthless Dame. Uh, that's uh, She won a Group 1 a couple of weeks ago and she's uh, been put in at Eagle Farm this weekend in the Stradbroke Handicap, another Group 1 over 1,400 metres. She's the daughter of Tavistock, and uh, you won the Robert Sangster Stakes at Morfittville against a lot of older horses. Uh, the trainers decided to keep her out of the favouritism of the Goodwood, which is over 1,200 metres, to put her in this one, and they reckon that uh, she's a decent chance. I was just looking at the tab. Uh, it's paying, was it $12 uh, into 11s now, 11s and 350 Mm, so they're all jumping on. Beautiful. Plenty yeah. of racing action over the weekend, but, well, I don't know how I'm going to take this little next call. But, anyway, let's hear from the, the myth, the selfish, the one and only Tony Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you guys have no idea tipping out that thing. It, uh, at where is it? At, at On Mars. Is that where that race is that you're backing on the weekend? <laughs> hey, boys, what about that? How good Mr. Didgeridoo yesterday. Um, getting a, getting yeah, a how good? Why didn't you Why didn't you tell us? <laughs> well, I tried, I tried to sort of lead you in a little bit there when Paulie Moati was trying to trying to shut us out at two dollars twenty, mate. You had to, you had to. Uh, there was one good punter yesterday that came in and said, "Maybe you're being quiet just so you can can get some odds up." But mate, just uh, yeah, look. Yeah. Be quiet on the airways, Tony. Be quiet on the airways, but don't be quiet on WhatsApp or the text messages. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna hack our phones. 
No, I'll tell you what though, if you got to, if you want to jump on something, got two more running tomorrow down in Alapuni, race three and race two. Uh, Liberace into Butler, those two, and you put them in that multi with the Crusaders, Chiefs and Blues, and you end up with about a five, five, six dollar multi. So, if you're looking to looking to have a dabble, follow Alan Sherrick tomorrow. Liberace into Butler. Beautiful, Kempe. You have a good day, my friend. Hey, go back to sleep, mate. Jeez. All right, Brett Phillips coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. you up on a Friday morning because it's certainly got the dagger up. Oh, oh I love Fridays, you know. I love a little bit of Kings of Leon and uh, I hope you're enjoying it. That's our new track for the next wee while and uh, it's a bit of a rock, good feel-good theme. Now, Ricardo's on the team now and we're going we're to think about old Rick Dog, <laughs> cover his kind of genre. He's a rocker from way back. He sent me a clip. Of him in the band, and I, I recommend you put some earmuffs on <laughs> because it is it is loud and it is unreal, man. What is it like? You're, what's the name of the band again? Just one fix. Just one fix. It's funny. YouTuber. I was at, I was at band practice last night, and our guitarist said, "Have you played Izzy and Kempi our stuff yet?" <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I said, is he a clip? Yeah, yeah. He goes, do you reckon they'll play it on the air? And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, you got some good vocals, Rick Dog. You Thanks, got some mate. good vocals, mate. You stand out right in the front and uh, you lead it. It's good. It's good. My brother would enjoy that. He's a punk rocker. He's a heavy metal head. And uh, he loves it. But... Uh, it's probably a little bit too much for, for my liking, but yeah, hey, each to right. their own. Well, I was going to say, we have to, have to start calling you the Riffmeister, the way you were air-guitaring on that crutch during <laughs> during the intro, brother. <laughs> I've got no musical gene in me. I think I can DJ. I'm horrible as anything, and I've, my brothers all play the guitars and drums and everything. They're, they're musically talented, but me, not so much. But that's okay. We've all got our, our chosen things that we love to do, and we're going to be talking some tennis shortly. Hopefully get over and have a chat to Brett Phillips about the, the tennis, and it's an interesting matchup. We were talking about it earlier. Alcaraz taking on Djokovic. They've only played one time, mm. and Carlos Alcaraz won that. So he's going into this full of confidence, knowing he could upset the Joker at home. And, and Roland Garros, a, a turf that has been dominated by the Spanish tennis players for the last couple of years there, Rick Dog. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, no Rafa Nadal this time, right? And no Rafa Nadal for the first time since mm. 2004. And since 2005, Rafa's won this thing 14 times. So, you know, basically if he's not injured, he wins it. 
That's the way it's been. So uh, Alcaraz, I mean, they, they call him the, you know, he is the new the new Rafa, and uh, that's mm. certainly the way. But man, he's aggressive, really aggressive. He's the kind of player that if you're not if you're not ready to start, you know, some players like to ease their way into a game. You know, I don't think you can do that against him because he's just so aggressive. You just hammer you from from the start. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out against uh, Joker. We don't want to go and have a war of attrition with Carlos Alcaraz because he is built like an absolute specimen. So he'll run all day. You've actually just got to play unreal shots, play corner corner, and Joker can do that. Joker can do that. I can, I'm just looking through the head to head stats. So they've only played each other once. And uh, obviously, Carlos Alcaraz got that job done. He's only turned pro in 2018, so he's new on the scene. He's new on the scene. But then you look at uh, the Joker turned pro in 2003. He's had a career win-loss ratio of 1,051 wins for only 210 losses. Alcaraz is 120 wins to 34 losses, but they've made a ton of money. I'll tell you what, Djokovic just made over 170 million. Oh, man, they get paid big bucks. They get paid massive, mate. And that's the other thing too is uh, experience. You know, there's I guess, and this is something we're going to ask ask Brett. But when does experience outweigh youth and enthusiasm? And when does it go? You know, you're just old. You know, there's, there's that, that that thing because this is Djokovic's 45th Grand Slam semi final. Forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's uh, it's a good question because that's what I had to deal with for my my youth. Well, when I was getting on in my career, you know, like I had all these young players coming through, and you know, they had their bodies were just in nick. They had no injuries, no problems whatsoever. When you get older, you get a bit aged and you get a little bit slower. But there's something that you never lose, and that is the mind, the experience, and the experience, and what that brings is kind of an ability to predict, you know, you're thinking ahead because you've been put in those situations. So I think for that, Alcaraz taking on Djokovic, he's been there 45 times, you know. Alcaraz hasn't. He's a young kid, but when the pressure gets on and those big moments need to play, he's got the the experience behind them. But, um, mate, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a dude. That, that's the final, isn't it? Oh, exactly. That is the, final. <laughs> the winner of this wins the whole thing, right? Mm. You got to think. I mean, you know, Rude and Zverev are both good players, but I, I, you know, it's hard to see either of them beating the winner of of this. And you know, it's interesting you said that about being an older player, younger players coming through. I, I remember that he uh, uh, when Teddy Sheringham. You remember Teddy Sheringham played? He was the England striker, played for Tottenham, and then moved to Manchester United because he wanted to win stuff. And they used to say about Sheringham, he was never quick. But he was he was a yard faster than everybody between the ears. Mm. Like he just yeah. read the game so well, he could be in the right place at the right time. N- n- nobody ever saw him get there, but he was there. <laughs> yeah. And that's what experience is like. I remember talking to Gilbert Anoka in Ireland, and it was 2016, and you know I was having a, st- a pretty good year. But I said, "Mate, I'm I'm getting on. Like I'm getting old." And he said, "Mate, you shut your mouth right now." <laughs> You can predict things. You can see things that they can't see. You've got experience. And then once he said that, I was like, oh, you did right. You did right. Like, there's, there's experience that brings um, predictability to it, so you can predict a lot a lot better. So plenty going on in the tennis world. Let's have a chat with uh, our good friend over across the ditch, eh? Brett Phillips. Let's welcome him into the show. Brett, are you there? I think I think him and Kez are still exchanging recipes in the kitchen, is he? 
Okay. We, we shouldn't be too far away. We do get a text. What are they getting? A bit of an escargot? Escargot. You know? Escargot. Uh, and a cafe La Cafe. Kids, kids will be working out his uh, Eggs Benedict's uh, recipe, trying to get the sauce right, the hollandaise. Uh, here he is. Uh, Brett Phillips joins us. G'day, Brett. How you doing? Oh, gentlemen, good morning. Yes, we've come off a couple of um, really big women's uh, semi-finals. It's been a long night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we appreciate you coming on. There has been plenty happening, but uh, Swatek. Too good for Haddad Maya in the semi-final, so punching through to take on uh, Butchova in the final. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a great effort by Iga. I mean, she is the world number one, and you know her world number one ranking was under threat coming into this tournament. But she loves Roland Garros, and uh, you know, defending champion uh, into her third final in four years, and you know she won her first Roland Garros as a 19-year-old. But hey, hats off to her opponent today. Uh, I thought she was going to extend that to a third set. Beatrice had admired because her three matches previous, she'd come from a set down to win. I mean, she played one match in the round of 16 that went three hours and 51 minutes. I think she beat uh, Onjabur in the quarterfinals, two hours and 29. Mm -hmm. And she's a much improved player, come from nowhere. I mean, she was 80-odd in the world about a year ago, climbing to be almost inside the top 10. You know, first Brazilian woman, in a Grand Slam semi-final in 55 years, so a long drought. But, yeah, Iga, Iga got through. But the match earlier, I think, is probably the best Grand Slam semi-final that I can uh, remember on the women's side. Um, yeah, Carolina Mukova, uh, fantastic. I mean, the Czech Republic, it's only got 9 million people, the Czech Republic. Um, but, mm. it, gee, it, it produces a lot of extraordinary tennis players. Uh, they've got such depth and... She actually made a semi-final of the Australian Open about three years ago. She beat Ash Barty in the quarters. And she is, she is almost like watching Ash Barty in the window. Now, we miss Ash severely, let me tell you, um, because their women's tennis ranks are a little bare now. Uh, but she is a breath of fresh air. So it was a contrasting style today. She played the brute power of Arena Sabalenka. She sliced... She threw in drop shots, little dinky shots. Just got beautiful feel and touch. Three hours and 13 minutes to see off Sabalenka. It was high-class tennis. It was an absolute beauty earlier today. It was a, a great match. Uh, but what it does mean is that we've got uh, you know, a bit of a fairy tale with a, someone who's, who wasn't even seated in this tournament making the final against uh, the overwhelming favourite. I mean, the French Open is a tournament that tends to throw that up a little bit. I, I, I think back to uh, the Italian Sara Arani, what was that, 2018, 2017, something like that, uh, getting, uh, do, doing the same, coming from sort of nowhere, wasn't exactly a household name, and making the final of the French Open. No, you're right. Uh, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, clay doesn't suit everyone, and there are some clay quarters who, you know, do really well at this slam and don't really fire a shot on the grass or uh, or the hard courts. But look, Mukova, uh, she should be she should be a top ten player. I mean, the last three years, so she came into this tournament ranked 43, but I really think of her as a top 20 player and who can elevate even higher. She's got the game, but she's had two... Since she made that semi-final in Australia, she's had two really lengthy stints on the sidelines with a couple of severe injuries. And if it wasn't for that, she would have skyrocketed uh, a lot earlier. And now she's uh, she's a beauty. She's got this calm serenity about her. And, uh, you know, she just made life... It was just the worst matchup for Sabalenka, to be totally honest. Who couldn't deal with the slice, those balls down low around your ankles, you know, the moon balls, moon balls over your shoulders. There was lots of different stuff going on, <laughs> uh, but it's, it got her over the line.
or let's slip over to the men's side, and we've talked about it while we're um, just coming out of the seven o'clock break. The big matchup. It feels like a, a, a Grand Slam final. Let's be completely honest. We've got Alcaraz taking on Novak Djokovic, yeah. who has beaten before. They've only faced each other once before, and Alcaraz yeah. got the better of him. Is this Alcaraz's time to shine on the big stage? I can't tell you how excited I am, gents. This is <laughs> this is a matchup, a matchup for the ages because I love when the generations crossover. And here's Carlos, who's the most watchable player in the men's game right now. I mean, I, I'd go as far as to say he's almost the most watchable sports person on the planet. Now, I, some people are probably, you know, throwing things at the phone right now or the radio, but <laughs> look, um, this guy, this guy will, 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 he'll draw in non-tennis people because of the, uh, the, the style of game he plays, the way he engages with the crowd. 20 years of age, world number one, against the man who has occupied the most weeks at world number one in the history of the sport. 16 years older, going for the record 23 majors, but Carlos Elcarez is walking on water at the moment. This kid is unbelievable. I mean, he, he will entertain us for the next 15 years. I'm not sure what numbers he'll reach, but it is Rafael Nadal version two with the offense of Roger Federer. The defense of Nadal with the offense of Federer and I think he probably beats Djokovic tonight. I, I, as long as he holds his nerve, I mean, the, the Joker's a brick wall. The Joker will just make him play a lot of balls. But Carlos, uh, he is on fire at the moment. If he, um, if he doesn't miss too many tonight, it's, it is breathtaking. It's in your face. And, uh, yeah, oh, we cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> what you said there, Brett, about it being in your face is something I wanted to talk to you about because he just attacks his opponent from day one, right? Like, there is no easing your way into a match with Alcaraz, and he just hammers you from the get-go. Um, is there a chance that he blows Joker away in this? It's possible. I mean, those first two sets against Tsitsipas were extraordinary. Now, we know, clearly, Djokovic is a better player than Tsitsipas, and... You know, Novak uh, can be a great front runner. I've watched enough Australian Open finals up close here where he's dominated to know that he uh, he can grind you early and, and just get the scoreboard uh, heavily in his favour. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he look, Carlos brings this incredible intensity from ball one. And who, who does that remind you of? The great Rafael Nadal. Nadal, he practices like Nadal. He plays like Nadal. Um, he's just got the same attitude. Uh, he even if he's facing a bit of adversity during the match, he's got that calmness just to reset and he knows that his assets will you know, get him back into the match. Uh, it's a ball of muscle out there and he's going to be tough to beat. Oh, let's do it justice. We've got to talk about the other side of the draw. Kasparud taking on Alexander Zverev sorry, and uh, in that semi-final. How does that play out? Yeah, it's a good matchup. It really is. I think you know, Sasha, big Sasha leads two one the head to head. Now this has been an extraordinary comeback from Zverev. I mean, you may remember this time last year, he's right in that semi final with Rafael Nadal yep. and horrifically goes mm. down on his ankle, wheelchair off the court. Um, you know, he didn't come back and play until what I think a, a couple of exhibitions really late last year. So really, his comeback started this year, and it had been patchy. Uh, you know, a month ago, I wouldn't have said Alexander Zverev was going to be in the final, uh, the semi-finals again of the French Open. But look, his third consecutive year, 
He's building and building. What I loved about his last match, because he's, there's been the accusation at times he's been a bit too passive, but he's, he's 6'6", this guy, and he came into the net 57 times. He came in, he said, would be good enough to pass me, pass me. But I'm going to come in like a big gazelle, wingspan all over you, uh, in your face, and his volleying was so crisp. So he's got to take the game on, Zverev, because he is the bigger ball striker out of the two, but Kasper Root is a great absorber, and he can redirect, and he's fit, and he gets a lot of balls back, and he loves playing on clay. I think Casper might get him, but gee, there's not much in that matchup. Brett, earlier this morning we were talking about this and saying, well, you know, um, Djokovic and Alcaraz is the final, right? I mean, whoever wins that's going to win the whole thing. Uh, without, you know, sort of being disrespectful to the other semi-finalists, can you see a mm. way that that this goes any other way than the winner of that semi taking it out? <laughs> No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think I think those two are uh, another level above, and um, you know they've both got so much to play for. I mean, the, the world number one rankings on the line. Uh, you know, Djokovic trying to get to twenty three. It's almost like he's got to cash in this year because he's thirty six, and this young generation they're ready. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Sinner and obviously Holger Rune and and Alcaraz. These guys are playing unbelievable tennis. They're not playing the reputation on the other side, so. You know, I think I'm pretty convinced the winner comes from uh, either Alcaraz or Djokovic. All right, Brett, what's happening in your own backyard? Obviously, Ash Barty, I seen her down. She was over in New Zealand uh, for the New Zealand Golf Open, walked past her, and no one was blinking an eye at her. And I was like, fanboying hard. I couldn't believe Ash Barty was sitting right there. But on the other side, you've got Nick Kyrgios. What's what's going on with Nick? <laughs> You might be able to tell me. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who would know? I think, he was at, I think he was at the airport yesterday, which might mean he's heading over for the grass uh, in, in the build-up. I think, he, I think he's scheduled to play the, uh, I think it's Stuttgart, uh, the grass tournament, which he played last year. But, yeah, who, who knows? I mean, he's such the outlier, isn't he? We, we, just hard, we, we hardly see him play. But when he plays, it's good. He can just, he's a freak. I mean, he can pick up a racket off no prep and just waltz in and serve Thunderbolts at 200Ks plus and, and dominate you. It's a, it's a massive asset to have. But uh, we've been used to that for a while. Uh, everyone's obsessed with him. But he, you know, for, for me, who follows the sport 24-7 pretty much, I, I find it a tough one to buy into. So... You know, I'm all behind Alex Demonor. The only problem is Alex Demonor has probably peaked at 20 in the world. I'm not sure he can get any higher than that. Well, just on Ash Barty, actually, um, you know, there was a lot of talk when she decided to bow out of tennis that she wanted to pursue other things athletically. And there was talk of golf. There was talk of her going back to cricket, uh, things like that. Do you know where she is at and what she is up to? Well, I think she's uh, well. She's going to become a mum uh, pretty soon, and she's written a couple of books and she appears here, there and everywhere. I think she's, you know, does uh, some speaking engagements. Her, her life is pretty full and I think she's really happy. And I, look, I get asked all the time, do you think she'll come back and play professional tennis? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced that she won't come back. And she was lucky to cash in over a three or four year period that she can set her whole life up. I mean, she's worth an absolute uh, squillion. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, look, who knows? You never say never. Uh, I'm sure she does miss um, parts of the game, but she didn't miss the lifestyle and the travel and living out of a suitcase and being away from home for uh, so many months, which the Aussies have got to do probably more than any other nation. Maybe, you know, us and you guys, uh, where we are logistically, you can't just duck home uh, for a week. (laughs) You've got to stay on the road for a while. So, 
yeah, didn't quite uh, suit you know, Ash, and no, she's pretty uh, pretty comfortable with life, I would think. Yeah, well, Brett, I know you've been up yeah. all night, mate, and uh, and you've been you've been doing the hard yards over there on Stan, uh, so keeping you busy. But just before you go, this may be stat you'll, you'll have to look up, but uh, Swiatek looking odds on to take out the women's title, Alcaraz odds on to take out the men's title. When was the last time the world number one in both men's and women's won a grand the same Grand Slam at the same time? <sighs> yeah, probably. I'll have to. Um... I'd have to think about that. It's one yes. for the coverage tonight, mate. It's one for the coverage tonight. Get the producers quiz. onto that's it. That's for a quiz. Well, <laughs> that's a quiz one. <laughs> well, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say if Ash, um, oh, no, actually Ash won, Ash won when Novak uh, wasn't in Melbourne, yes, because of the COVID situation. That's the one I was thinking of. But I'll, uh, yeah, I'll come back to you. A little rain check on that one. Yeah, no, good stuff, Freddie. I know it's been a long night for you, brother. So we'll let you go and uh, rest up Thanks, and, 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 and go well with the rest of your coverage, eh? Appreciate your time. Uh, pleasure. Good to chat. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Yeah, Brett Phillips there with us out of Australia, of course, uh, part of the SCN family as well, Izzy. And yeah, I mean that's the that's the odds on bet, isn't it? You, you multi up uh, oh. one at uh, the both number ones to take this out. Yeah, you would. It'll be hard to go past that. But I have to applaud him. It's five thirty a.m. in Australia. Mm. He's been up all night and he's. Yep. Doing back-to-back um, interviews, so <laughs> thank you, our good friend from across the Tasman, Brett Phillips. But ah, uh, uh, yeah, look, Alcaraz, young, might be a long old few years for him at the top of this little podium in the tennis world. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know. You, you've seen the guys like Zverev, we talked about Sitsipas, all these guys coming through that we thought were going to be the next big thing. And, you know, Federer and Nadal and Djokovic kept hanging on and kept hanging on and kept hanging on. He's the first one to come on and go, don't care about reputation, and just doesn't seem to have that mental block that some of the others do. So once those guys go, can these others then bring their game? Yeah, well, they're getting opportunities now. They're getting time in in the limelight, and that's all you need as a young tennis player. You've got Taylor Britz from over in America. He's obviously knocking on the door. Um Mate, this, this is a changing of the guard, and Carlos Alcaraz is, is doing that at the moment. Joker, obviously leading the way in t- terms of grand slams, but um, Alcaraz, he'll want to think, uh, do something different there. But, mate, great to talk some tennis. Awesome. Loved it. Loved it indeed. Uh, we'll talk uh, more sport right throughout the morning. We're here through till nine. We've got John Ryan, the Irish prop, out of the Chiefs just after eight. And before uh, eight o'clock, we're going to catch up with former all-white goalkeeper Michael Ludding and find out what he's been up to. We'll do that after this. Twenty-seven away from eight on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, uh, the number one house a fragrance. And it is uh, we've got a choices flooring poll is, and uh, it kind of echoes our can't wait question of the day. So the choices flooring poll is uh, who is most likely. Who is most likely out of the four New Zealand teams to trip up this weekend? So you've got your options. You've got your Blues. You've got your Chiefs. You've got your Crusaders. And you've got your Hurricanes. That is our Choices Flooring poll. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. You go on the SEN app. 
Uh, look up Izzy and Kimby for breakfast and you can vote right there or jump on Twitter and let us know or you can text through to double eight double three the Tampa Bed Post text machine. But that is our Choices Flooring Poll. And Izzy, it's, it's got to be the Canes, doesn't it? Just because of who they're playing. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Uh, and last year they, they tripped up at this very time over there. So, um, yeah, I'd say they got the hardest running. They got the Hurricanes and then uh, they got the the Brumbies and then if they get that done, they got to head to Hamilton to take on the Chiefs. So um, yeah, I'd say the Hurricanes have the difficult task this weekend across the ditch. Yeah, there you go. Choices Flooring Poll, go off and vote on that. Thanks to Choices Flooring, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring Room View. Uh, time now for some headlines for you. Thanks to Ken Tire. Too easy a weekend. And uh, the World Test Championship's underway at the moment. We've, uh, at the end of day two, of course, there is live coverage from nine o'clock every night here on SCNZ. Australia in a dominant position. They scored 469 in the first innings with Travis Head top scoring 163. Steve Smith scored 121 as well, so 469 they scored. And then they managed to knock the top off the Indian innings as well. Rohit Sharma out for 15. Shubman Gill, 13. Uh, Pujara, 14. Virat Kohli, 14 as well. And uh, Jadeja. Mm their top scorer, but he is back in the pavilion after scoring 48, so they've got Rahane there, 29 not out, uh, Barat, 5 not out, 151 for 5 in their first innings, India, they trail by 318, so very much Australia's to lose, is he, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they've got out to a good start, do you know what, I was just scrolling through through Twitter, and I came across this, uh, this tweet, and someone said, I love this play by England. Really setting up a bit of false confidence for Australia. There is no chance that the pitches are going to be anything like this come Ashes series. This is all part of the plan, Rick Dog. Oh, I tell you what is part of the plan is the Indians not having Stuart Broad. As soon as Stuart Broad goes in there, David Warner, see you later, mate. You've scored, you score no runs against that bloke. You're a walking wicket when Stuart Broad's got the ball. Uh, elsewhere, you remember Chelsea goalkeeper? Um, Peter Cech he played for Chelsea I think yes. he played for Arsenal for headgear sure. yeah, big yeah, headgear head fan yeah, yeah you know what he's done he's just signed a new professional contract but not in football he's signed a that? contract to play ice hockey as a goalkeeper for the Oxford City Stars in the uh, NIHL1 which is basically like the European uh, ice hockey league look when you think about that is that a a difficult transition, like you've got to be good on those ice skates. You know, look, I've done a little bit of ice skating, but man, I feel like my ankle's going to snap. For him, as a goalie, you don't have to move too far. No, it's a small yeah. goal, and you're six foot seven. <laughs> I mean, like, how's anybody <laughs> scoring past them? Honestly. Oh, mate, I've seen some of those goals, and some of the gaps they get the the puck through. It's uh, quite good to watch. But just on that football, have you got any more headlines? No, you mate. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, just on that football, we haven't really touched on the Inter Milan, uh, Inter Miami mm. kind of move with David Beckham and the decision that he went and bought this club for 25 million US dollars. Now it's valued at 600 million. Overnight, they've just gained four and a half million Instagram followers for this Lionel, Lionel Messi um, transfer. Now, this is a clever transfer from from over in uh, Miami with David Beckham. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, or ever think that 
Lionel Messi, the biggest footballing name in the world, would go to Miami. No, I didn't. I didn't, honestly. Uh, David Ornstein, who writes for The Athletic, retweeted a story that he did nearly a year ago saying that oh. into Miami were confident of signing Lionel Messi. And everyone laughed. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. Too. I said, no chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's a bit interesting because he had options, right? So Saudis were willing to pay him 400 million euros for two seasons. He said no to that. Barcelona wanted him back, but Barcelona are financially in a lot of trouble, so they had to do a lot of juggling to make it work. He gave them a deadline. They couldn't meet the deadline. But, man, are they salty about what he's done. Check this out. So Juan Laporta, who is the president of Barcelona, released a statement to say that they wished Lionel Messi good luck uh, for signing in Major League Soccer for Inter Miami, despite receiving a proposal to return to Barcelona. Barcelona president Juan Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands, further away from the spotlight <laughs> and the pressure that he's been subjected to for years. How's that for a salty uh, congratulations? Yeah, I, I read that. I read a uh, report over there as well that they left. They want he his manager, obviously Messi's manager, his, his dad, his father goes and does all his work. He's been over and he says, "Look, obviously not this year, but can you leave the de- the door open for potential future transfers?" Now that's all shut, isn't it? Well, you'd think so, unless there's a backdoor <laughs> deal done between Inter Miami and Barcelona, and in the major league off season, Messi goes back to Barca and plays six months or something. You know. Maybe and then Barca go, go go to the states to play into Miami in a in an exhibition game and that's where they make their money. I love it. I love it, mate. This is uh, Messi's wife. They've got a lot of property in Miami. I was I was looking at and uh, so she was a big reason why he made the decision. And obviously, getting a, a sharing deal of the Apple Plus TV. Mm. So that's where it's all broadcasted over there. So he gets shares from that. He gets Adidas shares and he gets fifty million dollars per season for four seasons. But this ain't about the money, it's about a lifestyle for him, isn't it, mate? When you get to the end of your career, he, if it was about money, he would have went to Saudi Arabia, $1.2 billion yeah, that he would have made over two seasons. That is absolutely crazy. It's money. crazy money, mate, crazy money. But there you go, that's the world of football is. That's the world of football. I, I, I hope Arlo's got a round ball, not a not an egg. Um, no, he's, yeah. nah, he's got an egg. <laughs> <laughs> he's an egg. Well, he's you, playing but, tonight, actually. Go watch him. Go watch him. A bloke who knows all about the round ball as uh, a former All-Whites goalkeeper. Played professionally in South Africa for a long time as well. That is Michael Utting. He is with us next for More Than An Athlete. Purchase any LiPo sachets from Chemist Warehouse for your chance to win a Samsung Bespoke home package. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's a quarter away from 8 o'clock here on Issy and Kempe for breakfast. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 811 or Texas double eight double three. Time now uh, for more than an athlete. And uh, joining us is former all-white goalkeeper Michael Utting. Morning, Michael. Oh, no, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. I, sorry, I when that sorry. Oh, it's my fault. That's my fault. I distracted him. I was talking to kids throughout the break about football and the world and, and everything. What's going on? Is it good for the game? Where do we see it going? And he asked me the ultimate question. Well, Israel, if the money was on offer for you, mm. what would you do? And I said, I'll take it. 100%. See you, later. see you later. If there was an opportunity to go play in Saudi Arabia for football or for rugby or whatever, and the money that's on offer, I would... 100% go, because this is generational wealth and it's setting up uh, your family for the future. I know we all want to 
be loyal and, and everything like that. And there is a part of it that it should be loyal, but on the other side, Mara can understand what's going on and uh, you're seeing what's what's unfolding. And Lester Whanganuku is a prime example of that. He's achieved so much in sh- such a short time and uh, he's made that decision to chase that dollar. So it's good to see. Good to see. We had a few texts come through, actually. Uh, we, we were talking about mm. that Choices Flooring poll about who's uh, most likely to... Uh, to, to trip up at the quarterfinals of the new, four New Zealand teams. And Scotty from Tidarangi, who you'll remember from a couple of weeks ago, won the uh, the, the night at um, Alexandra Park, has said, uh, Buller Crusaders, the Druid do the double. <laughs> dreaming. He's, he's dreaming. Uh, yeah, he's dreaming. He's dreaming. Keep your texts coming through. <laughs> double eight, double three. Time now for more than an athlete. Former white goalkeeper Michael Utting joins us. Good morning, Arts. How you doing? Oh, boys, I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we got up at four. What have you been doing? Oh, man. No, 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 I'm all good. I'm all good. Good to hear, mate. Good the to cold hear. Cold day and mate, so I'm keeping myself warm before I go to work. Oh, yeah. Well, tell, tell us a bit about the work you're doing, Arts, because you're, you're obviously uh, retired from football these days, but uh, you, you are doing something pretty special and giving back to the community. Yeah, mate, I love it. I um, I work with special needs kids these days, mate, and that's why, uh, you know, as much as we love the football and the rush and the and the mm. buzz we got out of that, this really is my calling. I work with special needs kids. I work with, uh, I've got a Down syndrome boy I work with. I work with a cerebral palsy boy, a couple of autistic lads, a couple of lads that do self-harming. And and really, I just I'm like a buddy. It's like a buddy system where I'm a big big brother type system where I just get out and have fun every day, and I get paid for it. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. I love it. How'd this come around, Michael? Like, how'd you get into well, this I space actually, of work? Uh, and I love it. Is I um I I uh, spent some time playing football in South Africa, and for the for the uneducated footballers, obviously the game was soccer. Uh, <laughs> so. I played for years over in South Africa, and every off-season, I was actually asked by a lady who works in Soweto whether I'd donate some football gear to the to the HIV and underprivileged kids in Soweto. And I did that one year. Then the next year, that sort of ballooned, and we got a lot more gear. And then, uh, and I spent time with these kids in Soweto, and these are these are youngsters that have nothing. You know, their mums and dads have died, and um, there was one kid called. Uh, Thomas, who um, he was ten years old, and he was the breadwinner for his family, and he had a sister who was five and a brother who was four. So, you know, your heart goes out to these people, and uh, you know, you sort of feel a bit of a connection after after spending a bit of time with them. And from there, you sort of develop a love, and uh, it's the best tonic, mate. Watching kids play, isn't it? Have fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I've been. Um, I'm lucky enough. I've got two beautiful kids. There's nothing better when you get to see them smiling, mate. And I was doing some reading that uh, about a month ago you had a, a wee bit of a health scare, and um, you know you had to have your your life revived, uh, yeah, revived, and you know you had a bit of a heart attack. Talk us through that, mate. I had a cardiac arrest in January, and I was in a coma for five weeks. It's interesting, oh. mate, because. I've um, I've had a bit of good press about it, but I've got a reporter trying to do a nasty article on me at the moment, and she's digging for dirt and said, "Oh, did you really have a coma?" And I said, "Coma's not something you want to lie about or wish upon someone, you know. It's like it's a pretty traumatic mm. event in my life." And uh, 
Yeah, I was I was actually with the client on a Friday afternoon. We bought pizzas for afternoon for dinner, for lunch, sorry, and uh, which we normally did after his drama class. And uh, I woke up nearly five weeks later in a an ICU, mate. So uh, sometimes change is when it's forced upon. Excuse me. Sometimes change, and as as human beings, we're sort of creatures of habit. Sometimes when change is forced upon you, uh, you know, you don't appreciate it until actually a couple of we while later when you see you know what what's come out of it and um and for me this change in my lifestyle sort of getting back on track on you know what's important in life and uh and i think also because of what i uh, i do for a job now um that's actually a reason why i still believe i'm still here i think uh i'm very lucky to be alive still i think maybe because of the work i do and helping others is is maybe maybe someone upstairs is helping me? Maybe I don't know. I don't know, but uh, take out of it what you want. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so you you're obviously back on track. You're back on deck. You're working with Mike's mates, is is, is what you call it. How can people find out more about it and, and support you? Well, basically, it's just if you look at Michael Atting, my uh, on Facebook, uh, you can just look into there and you'll see Mike's mates. Some of the activities we get up to. Families I work with are very positive about putting putting photos up and videos of what we get up to online, so people can see the sort of shenanigans we get up to, which is always 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 fun, you know. And uh, either that or just contact me, my cutting. I can you know you can contact me for Ricardo with links. Uh, and uh, yeah, and if you want any more information, happy to share with it. Awesome, Michael. Well, we appreciate all your work that you're doing uh, for the special needs community, and um, you know we're grateful and, and glad that you're you're coming out the other side of your house scare. And you know, I give uh, kudos to those young kids that uh, whipped into action and and got the job done and made the right decisions to call the paramedics and uh, do a bit of CPR on you, mate. It's awesome to to read yeah, those stories. Saving. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. absolute life saving for those guys and. Uh... You know, I think one thing, Izzy, before I leave, working with special needs kids gives you a really value of what's involved with life, you know, an appreciation of what we're here for. And, um, yeah, I'm just extremely, uh, extremely grateful for where I'm at at the moment. So thank you very much. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Couple of minutes away from eight o'clock, John Ryan, the Irish prop playing out of the Chiefs, is going to join us after eight. We'll get his uh, take on uh, the upcoming quarterfinal clash for the Reds and how he thinks Ireland is shaping up ahead of the World Cup as well. A uh, couple of texts through on double eight double three. Uh, this one here saying uh, the hockey puck. This is from Charlie. The hockey puck travels at one hundred and seventy miles an hour. A football maybe ninety. A football's 24 centimetres in diameter. A puck is 7 centimetres. That's why hockey keepers wear armour, boys. Also, reaction time is much faster for a hockey keeper. It takes cojones to keep a net. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Peter Jack. It's going to be uh, awesome to see some clips. But he's dead right, mate. The way that they can t- control that puck while going backwards with ice skates. Oh, man. It's it's an interesting sport to watch. What I love is the physicality, Rick Dog. That sport's so good. Oh, mate, it's so, and I like that, you know. There is a little Bring bit back of, the buff. Bring back the buff. I reckon they bring that into league, eh? So long as you're both still on your feet, then you can go for it. As soon as one goes down, they break it up. That's what they do in ice hockey. 
I know who they need to bring for New South Wales. I was just watching a clip of the grub of the all grubs, Jack Bird. <laughs> Jack remember him? Bird, yeah. <laughs> the water grubber. Did you hear about Josh Josh McGuire, actually, the ex-Maroon? He's, uh, looks like he's going to get sacked for Warrington. He's got a 12-week mm. ban for something he said to an opposition player. What do you have to say to get banned for 12 weeks? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, time for news and sport with Araha. Thanks to Kubota, we're building and shaping New Zealand. Just any lipo sachets from Chemist Warehouse for your chance to win a Samsung Bespoke home package. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. I'm fit for this game, Rick Dog. I've got a lot of appreciation for a drummer. <laughs> my, my good leg's tired. <laughs> That's your double kick pedal. Double kick pedal. Double kick it. pedal. I might, might have to get a robot to help me out, mate. I'm absolute puff. Just shows how unfit I am. I'm going to the gym after this. All right. 10.30. I'm going to go push some tinner for the upper body. Get me ready to make a comeback. There's funnier things that have happened in sport. There's plenty going on. And, well, Josh Ryan... He's getting ready to rip into the Reds this weekend. He's playing prop. He's come over from Ireland. He's a big man. Wonder how he thinks I'll go. Josh, how you going, bud? I'm not too bad. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, good, good. Appreciate you coming in. <laughs> yeah, good intro, mate. Hey, um, how you doing, mate? You obviously made the trip over. You enjoying your time in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, um, got over in February, and it's been just flowing past the last um, few months, like my time's nearly coming to an end now, so hopefully, fingers crossed, another three weeks, get to a final and get a medal, that'll be nice. Apologies, mate, apologies, I was getting too caught up in the sex on fire out of the Kings of Leon, I called you Josh, <laughs> I mean John, what an idiot. Uh, yeah, John, <laughs> appreciate you coming over, mate. That's, hey, obviously, that's perfectly understandable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting caught up in my own emotions here. Hey, John, look, you've made the trip over and you've had a lot of game time within the New Zealand ranks and playing down under. How have you found the difference? Have you had to really mould your game to, to suit the Kiwi way? Do they play a, a faster brand? Have you had to develop? Um, yeah, definitely I've had to adapt. Like I'm uh, the ripe old age of 34, so... Um, Coming down here and playing a quicker tempo mm. rugby was was a big shock to the system. I was kind of I I'm after shifting about three kilos, so like yourself dancing to the music there, I had to do a bit of dancing myself to lose a bit a few kilos, and uh, I um it helped me get around the pitch basically a bit quicker. And um yeah, besides that, it's been great. I've loved the brand of rugby, and uh, 
a little bit different, just a bit looser here. So um, I uh, that hints to losing the weight and uh, more ball and uh, play time. So that's kind of uh, my my synopsis of it anyway. As a front row forward, that is. Yeah, it's, you you feel like you've got uh, with it as you described a little bit looser. You've you've been able to live that dream out of of of, of using your number eight offloading skills uh, down here. Trying to think if I had any offloads down here. That'd be big. I'd have to deep dig into the archives there. I'm usually a truck up merchant and uh, give someone else quick balls so they can do the skills. But um, no, it's it's been pretty cool. Like you know, Northern Hemisphere rugby kick the ball to you know to get uh, into certain territory. Here it's like they kick the ball just to get it back, and I just think it's. Really um, good to watch for the fans, I'd say. Well, they definitely probably watch this rather than um, maybe some Northern Hemisphere rugby. Now, that, that said, Northern Hemisphere rugby is kind of catching up a bit. Hence Ireland being number one in the world. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's nicely dropped in, John. Nicely dropped in. <laughs> I had to drop oh. that in. I am to... <laughs> oh, yeah, fair play too. Fair play, you've earned it. Uh, have, have you been talking much to Andy Farrell? You, uh, you got your eyes on France? Um, well, to be honest, they've named the squad, so I'm not in it. But it's they were great help to me this year. Um, I obviously was uh, in England this year at Wasps, and England rugby is not in the best shape uh, in the world. And my club went into administration, so um, I got good help from the national coaches, kind of getting me back into Ireland on a short term. And this grew from um, being back in Ireland, just continuing playing. So the Chiefs contract came as a result of managing to get that short term and um, obviously the opportunity to play Super Rugby came knocking so that kind of eliminated me from any Irish conversations until I get back to Ireland uh, There was a lot of talk about peaking too early now we don't want to get too much into it but obviously you lost to the Reds and uh, you, you, you went you know at home in Taranaki and then you've made those adjustments, there was a lot of people saying that you might have just got a little bit comfortable or you know you might have just relaxed in that but the last couple of weeks you've proved that wrong particularly over the weekend when you travel to Perth it's a tough place to play and you absolutely dominated what are the changes that you have had to make this week knowing that the Reds outfit will be coming over full of confidence that they're knowing that they beat you last time yeah we, we know exactly they're going to be a challenge and when we played them down Taranaki it was um, you know one of those games that that whole pile was going right for us and they were being um, a nuisance in the breakdown and stuff, so that's an area we look at as the breakdown. That that's where they're strong. And um, geez, my my kids are battered the door down here. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they are, but it's an area we'll go after a set piece and uh, rook because they're quite strong there. And they score um, tries from all in the picking goals. So that's another area we look at. But we certainly won't be going into this game with any complacency. All right, John, what are the kids up to in the background, mate? Have you not fed them yet? Well, uh, no, they're not fed, and I'm in a room barricaded in, and the room seems to have been got at earlier because there's Lego everywhere. So, yeah, it's been mad. <laughs> oh, mate, the, uh, how, how have the kids, how, how's bringing the family been down here for them, that, that experience? How have they adapted to New Zealand? They have loved this. They have, they're in school down here, um, so my five-year-old is in is in year one and my daughter is in play school and they, they love it though it's great um but yeah it's kind of going to be we've started telling them now we're going home soon so they're they're a bit excited about going home but i think they'll be 
they'll be uh, sad enough to be leaving some of their friends here after building up relationships the last three months. What does the future look like for you, John? Obviously, you've you've made the decision. You've come down under. You're 34 years of age. Have you still got plenty of juice left in, in the legs to give back to the game of rugby? Are you going to head home and start and play some club up there? Yeah, so I'm going back to Ireland, and I'm actually re-signed with a Munster in Ireland for another year, and uh, we'll nice. see what happens after that year. Like I'll be what, 35, and I'll be still looking for another another year, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's get I'm getting on now, but I still need to get that tape. I haven't won actually any um, medals at a kind of a club level, so a Super Rugby medal will go a long way, and uh, maybe oh, yeah. get me a taste for a bit, a bit more. Well, you've missed out because the URC, they just won it over there, Munster, so you would have been proud sitting and seeing them win that title. But on the flip side, Leinster, leading the competition in all areas, couldn't get it done, so you would have been happy seeing that as well. Yeah, well, it was bloody, you're rubbing it in now. I missed, I missed all that, but look, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm pretty happy where I am, but I was, I was down in Canberra with a, Alex Lankeville, uh, the centre, so he's going to Munster, two of us were up at... I think it was it was half two in the morning. The game kicked off. We stayed up all night watching that game. It was some unreal to watch. So, yeah, really delighted for them. But uh, also kind of half gutted. I missed the celebrations more than anything. Um, they they went mental. <laughs> yeah, because John, you're you're Cork born and bred, right? So you're you're red and black. It's 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 but that Munster Leinster rivalry is like sort of Canterbury Auckland, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it's. Um, it would be quite similar to, to that. I, and the first game I came down here, I got off the plane and I went to, let me try this, Pukikoi. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think that's it. Yep. And nice. um, there was a, a, a warm-up game and it was, it was as, there was a bit of bite in that game too and that was just a warm-up to the Super Rugby. So I could relate to it straight away after getting off the plane. It was pretty big. All right, John, you played from 2016 to 21. You've had 24 caps for Ireland. They've obviously found a bit of form and they're peaking at the right time of the year. Did you see this coming from your time in, in the jersey, the, the kind of resurgence from the Irish? Where do you think this, this kind of game and confidence has come from within Ireland? Um, it's been around for a while. It's been around for 10 plus years, I think. Uh, but more, Ireland's problem is their peak. A year early, so mm. I don't know. Do you remember? But 2019, we were number one going to the World Cup, yep. and it didn't go our way, did it? So we haven't actually seen a semi-final. We've never seen a semi-final in the World Cup. So it's something. Peaking early is all good, and being in good form is all good. But you know, winning the World Cup's amazing. Getting to the semi-final will be absolutely huge at the moment. That's that sounds really small, but. It's just getting a monkey off the back. They need to progress. They're they're just falling short a lot. So hopefully, this year's our year that they kind of go the whole way, and it'll be unreal for Ireland. Even I think it'd be unreal for World Rugby if Ireland won a World Cup. We just open the game up mm. more. Um, yeah, for you guys have enough. You guys have enough. South Africa don't have enough. <laughs> so we'll, we'll give, Look. give Ireland give Ireland one. It'll be good for the game. So long as those blokes in white don't win it, mate, we're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> fair play, fair enough. Oh, that's probably my only doubt I have is with uh, with Ireland. They, they do peak at certain times. Have they peaked early? Look, it, it, just a uh, question for you before you go. If Johnny Sexton is injured, can they go on and win this? 
I think they can. I think they're growing a bit now um, with regard to, to, to 10 jersey. And I, the dependence on Johnny isn't there as much. Well, look, that's hard to say. They won a Grand Slam with Johnny, but it, it, it can't be there because Johnny's 30, I think he's 37. That's an old old half, like, Floyd half or whatever you want to call him first five I don't know I'm so confused down here but um uh, team but they, I think there's players there to actually take the mantle on and there's a great player there for Munster uh, Jack Crowley he I think he could definitely um, take that on yeah it almost feels like it, it's it's kind of in a way as good as Johnny Sexton's been for Ireland Leinster in a way have held Ireland's progress back because they've had so many good tens that they've sat on rather than, you know, I, I'm sure Irish rugby would have loved to have had uh, one running around for Connor, one running around for Munster, one running around for Ulster so they all get time but I mean I, I think last time Ireland came here the three tens in the squad were all at Leinster and obviously they're not all going to be playing Yeah that's true and it's tough it's, it's hard for young lads, young tens who, who see Johnny at his age, and they're saying, oh, no, I'll just wait this out. I'll, I'm not going to go to another province. I'll wait it out. I want to play for Leinster. They're winning. They're winning a lot of, of medals the last 10 years. So the, people get the idea that Johnny might retire to 33, then 34, then 35, then 36, and he's still going. So so it's kind of like, um, I suppose, the waiting to take that mantle on and hopefully they'd take it on for the next 10 years and maybe it hasn't paid off for, for them, Leinster or Ireland. No, it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds later in the year, mate. John, we appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing your thoughts. Good luck this weekend. Obviously, the Chiefs are flying, and uh, with what's going on down south with a lot of injuries, I think uh, it's been set for a swan song finish for you over here in New Zealand. Mate, just quickly, have you had a pie, a mince and cheese pie, or have you had a hangi yet? Kiwi cuisine, do you like it? I've had a bit, yeah, I I like it. Yeah, it's not too bad. I've had a few of them. Like, have you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Have of you course seen I me? Have. We love our Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, lads, thanks a million for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, no worries, John. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Go well thanks, and man. good luck with the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, hopefully, we can get uh, all four Kiwi teams into the semi finals of Super Rugby. It's 8 17 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. With Colgate Total Plaque Release Toothpaste from Chemist Warehouse, now only $6.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 8.23 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You can call us anytime. 0800 150 or double eight double three is the text line. And I've had a few texts through. Uh, no name on this text. Please do. When you text us, put your name on it so we know who we're talking to. Uh, but morning, guys. It's like Christmas for an Aucklander. We've got the Warriors and the Blues tonight. Let's go. Uh, which is great, Izzy. But problem is they're both on at the same time. <laughs> so what are we going to watch? Well, that's I'm going to watch Warriors. I'm going to watch Warriors. Yeah, Warriors, yeah. In, Warriors I think, in Canberra. I think it's, it's a good game. Well, it's a big game. It's a big game for them. They're heading over to Canberra. They're taking on a team that's going to do their best for Jared Croker and his 300 NRL appearance. And they've obviously got a new starter and a big centre, Ali Lower Atoa. So, um, mate, that's one name I'm going to look at, seeing how his impact, like Kempi spoke about it earlier on the week, what he's been able to do, Jerry Siusu come on the show and his work at King's College, like he's a big talent. He's been carving up in um, in the New South Wales Cup. So mate, I'm uh, 
Yeah, I absolutely can't wait to watch this game. Apparently his offloading game is next level. He's got long levers like Ali Latidi, but he's he's quicker, mm. but plays in the centre. So, yeah, he could be he could be a game changer once he gets a, a bit of experience under his belt, mate. Um, now, we've been talking about golf the last uh, this week because of everything that happened earlier in the week with Live Golf and PGA now merging, as it seems. But, Izzy, you've found a story... Uh, that is very, very interesting. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it looks like golf might splinter further rather than actually come together. Yeah, there's an interesting story. So, if you remember a while back, Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy backed are backed at their own golf league, and they've announced on Thursday that tennis stars Venus Williams, Serena Williams, alongside Serena's husband, a venture capitalist Alexis Ohanian purchased a team called the Los Angeles Golf Club, marketing the formation of the league's first team just seven months before it's planned. And this gives them a 3% equity stake in the league itself. So this is all unfolding. While on the other side, the merger, the LIV, is all unfolding. Now for me, this is hypocrisy big time. With what's going, and this rings bells that Rory McIlroy is at the forefront in the media, yep. diverting every conversation away. What these two are doing isn't this similar, kind of to what the LIV are doing. Obviously, the they'll say it's not, and there's a lot, lot of information that I probably need to get my hands on to have a read to really nail down it all. But when you first read that, it's pretty fishy, Ricardo. It is a bit fishy. I, I did think maybe this is, is Woods and, and Rory going, well, look, we don't want to be in bed with uh, Liv at all, so we're going to do something mm. different, right? So, you know, the PGA has done us, done us uh, you know, they've hung us out to dry. They played the moral card. We stayed loyal, and now they've, mm. they've got back in bed. But this sounds like it's been in, on, on the cards for a while, so it doesn't feel like this is a reaction to the merger, right? This is something else. This is, yeah, this is something else. This is a totally different format. And uh, so all six of the league's teams are required to have control owner who holds at least 51% of voting shares and at least 33.3% equity in the team. The team's old English-infused branding was revealed Thursday by Serena and Ohanian alongside a promo video. The team's roster will be announced later this year and will consist of three PGA Tour Players. The plan, the league plans to launch next January and will play its mass, matches in custom-built Florida, Florida Arena. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting, man, to see how this goes because this does sound a bit like, you know, Liv wanted to do teams golf. Uh, well, this is kind of going down that era. And I remember being in the States a few years ago, Izzy, and it was kind of uh, – UFC was, you know, was big, but it wasn't as big as it is now. And there was this – I'm trying to remember the name. I think it was – it might have even had Chuck Norris's name on it. It was like Chuck Norris's Combat Sports League or something like that. Uh, and they literally had franchises like this, but for you, like for MMA fighters. And you they go to these arenas, and your team score – if you win a like, if if you and me fought, for example, Izzy, and you beat me on points, then your team would get X amount of points. But then if you know Kez and I fought and Kez knocked me out, then they get more points because mm. it's a knockout. Uh, but it was very yeah. much team based, and I think you had like five fights on the card, and it was team this versus team that, and it kind of feels a bit like that. Feels a bit like they've they've really gone for that sort of team dynamic, trying to trying to get the whole franchise thing going. Do you like the team format? 
it's it's an e-sport league. Someone's come through on the text machine. Yeah, I understand that. But he's come out and said it's it stinks about the LOV format. Rory doesn't like. It. He hopes it goes away because he's a purist. Now this is totally different to the game of golf, and some of the names that have been um, thrown out is obviously Tor, uh, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. More players will be announced at a later time, and each team will have two point four million. That is how the team kind of is reported, projected to allocate for each of its team in an inaugural year. So when you think of of that, he's come out and said he hates the LOV, but then he's gone and created a competition that potentially is esport. In an arena, it's different, but he's talking about he's been a purist, and this has gone against it. Like, do you? Uh, for me, the team aspect. I love playing social golf on a Wednesday as a team element, but I'm also really selfish. I want to look after my own game and worry about my own backyard and win it by myself. So it's like a, it's a tough one. Are you? Do you like the team element to the sport? I Is would... there something fishy with this, or do you do you agree with it? I'd love to hear from you. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine, Rick. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like when you say esport, does that mean they're actually gonna they're actually gonna play golf here, or is it gonna be Colin Murakawa is gonna be sat down on a PlayStation opposite Justin Thomas? I mean, you know, what does that 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 actually mean in this circumstance? So they won't be signing golfers if they're playing PlayStation, right? It's it's got to be proper golf. Well, the golf simulating world is absolutely thriving at the moment. You got Top Golf, you got Top Golf around the world. It's such a good uh, format, but that's not. Um, you know, that's kind of different format to simulator golf. When you go to these outfits down here, I head to a, a place X Golf in Christchurch. It's it's great. You just sit into the screens, and that's kind of esport. Esport is a billion dollar industry. Online gaming is huge. I think this is what this is going to be. So you hit into a you're in an arena. You've got a big crowd. There's a simulator there, or it's like a top golf. They've got little holes that are situated around this big arena. You hit it in there. It's fun. It's it's different and it's um yeah innovating for the guy game of golf or sport. But with Rory's comments, it just goes against what he's saying. <laughs> it's so. not very traditional, is it? Like okay. e- e- esports nah. in general is not very traditional. If that's what he's talking about. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd be I'd be interested to find out more about it and to hear from you mm. on this as well. I mean, I've always thought of golf as a uh, you know. A, an individual sport rather than a team sport. That's kind of I in, in its purest form, like the PGA Tour. You know, it's ninety guys going around the course four times, and 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 the best of the best win it, uh, rather than having teams. Especially, you know, if you got to play in a team with a bloke like me, you're just going to be carrying somebody all the time, right? So you know, you don't you don't want that. You want to shine. You want to shine on your own abilities. That's what you want. That's what I reckon. I reckon it's more an individual sport than a team sport. Mm, totally agree. Totally agree. Does Saint Rory? He sure does look dodgy when he's giving interviews. A laugh, a laugh out loud from Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think there's plenty going on in the back room, mate. Eh? He's got plenty of money, but he's had a wee dig at another league himself. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. <laughs> Give us a call. 0800-150-811 or Texas double eight double three. Our lines are open all the time. Uh, just about time to catch up with uh, Pip from the TAB. Right now, though, let's head away and catch up with the latest in news and sport with Araha. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are building and shaping New Zealand. Do it. You play 
Uh, joining us to tip us into how we can get some uh, money for nothing is Pip Morris from the TAB. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Morning, Pip. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Uh, you might have to stand on one leg and, and stick your hand in the air. We're just uh, struggling to hear you a little bit there, like, like you're in a tunnel, Pip. But uh, uh, big weekend of sport, of course. Super Rugby quarterfinals. Got more NRL on. We've got uh, the NBA finals and, and plenty of racing as well. What's, uh, what's exciting you this weekend? Oh, always looking forward to the league, but I'm looking forward to the Super Rugby as well, Ricardo. And I can tell you, Blues are well back head-to-head over the Waratahs. Best back there in winning team in margin, 1-12 to as the Blues. And 13-plus actually evenly best back. 81% of the head-to-head turnover on the Chiefs. 13 or more is the best back option there. Best back power players, Chiefs to win both halves at $1.50. On the Brumbies and the Hurricanes, really even head-to-head bidding. Winning team in margin, 1-12 to 12 is the most popular for the Hurricanes. And then on the NRL side of things, $1,000 on the Raiders, 1-12 to 12 at 275. 1,000 put on the boosted odds of Sean Johnson anytime try scorer at $5. So a punter keen to take that. And 70% of the turnover is on the Warriors head-to-head. Best back power play, Sean Johnson scores 14 or more points at $10. So they're the really popular options on the rugby and the NRL. Oof. That's, a, that's a good bet. That's a great bet, especially after that <laughs> performance. So someone's going, the unfaithful going for the Raiders. What about your Panthers? Has anyone got any faith with the Clary-less Panthers? No, I can tell you that the Roosters have been backed quite well this week, is he? I, I didn't mind what uh, Jack did last time stepping in Clary's shoes, but hey, you know when he's missing. Uh, there's always the option that Penrith can certainly get beaten, and Teddy was great, wasn't he, last week? So yeah, the Roosters are taking good money there head-to-head, and 1-12 to 12 as well. And just quickly on the racing side of things, of course, Solidify will go around again, and best backed in race 7 by a decent bit there across in Australia. And Ruakaka, best backed across the whole programme, is Alchemia and Dance Arena in race number three, and at Alpuni Jesco. So they are the two that are really taking money at those two meetings. Beautiful. Well, we, I don't know if you heard, but Tony Kemp had another horse going around. He's getting plenty from the TAB. Mr. Didgeridoo. Did anyone back Mr. Didgeridoo? Because we didn't, because Tony said not to. It's funny you say that, Izzy, because it was actually the stable mate that got crunched in and uh, didgeridoo went the other way. I can tell you Bevan Sweeney was about the only one tipping it out. So, yeah, I think Kippy uh, kept his cards very close to the chest on that one. <laughs> hey, um, Pip, just, uh, just heading back to the, uh, uh, to the league, um, there is a little bit of recent history around the Raiders and the Warriors going to Golden Point. It's pan 16s. What do you think? What's your gut? Ooh, I think it could happen. I think it could happen. Jared Croker's 300 game. What a way that to finish it. I mean, and the Warriors are just mm. playing so well. The Raiders at home. We saw what happened last time with the Tigers and the Raiders. I mean, it just about got to that golden point. So, you know, $16 worth of risk, I think. Yeah, definitely. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Are you a believer in the Warriors, Pip? I never thought I'd hear it. I've been to a few games, and it's hard just to not get uh, swept up in the in the crowd, I have to say. I went to the Dolphins game. It was great. I'm not going to 
be a bandwagon jumper, but hey, still Kiwi at heart. It's great to see how they're playing. It is, it is. Hey, Pip, uh, one other thing that I've forgotten to mention, actually, which is happening this weekend, is Sunday morning is the Champions League final, Manchester City versus Inter Milan. Is that getting much attention at your end? Yeah, it's just currently just head-to-head, which is Manchester City that's taking all the money, but nothing really on any of the options yet. But do check the power plays, and that we'll have available too on the day of. There'll be nice, really good options there, but nothing as far as apart from the head-to-head at this stage. All right, we'll have a look at that. There could be some uh, could be some money to be made there. Pip, thanks very much, mate. Go well. Have a good weekend. Uh, what's the one thing you're not missing this weekend? Silver Collar. I'll be on course for the Silver Collar 2023 edition. No keeper trying to go back-to-back. Only one Greyhound has done mm. it in the past, and that's ring the bell. So hoping he can do that. Yeah, all right. It's uh, something else to watch out for. Man, absolute action-packed weekend with Sport. Pip Morris, go well. Enjoy your weekend. You can watch a bit live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. What is your must-watch this weekend? If you're only watching one thing, what is it? Izzy and I will go round the grounds and uh, have a look at some of the big games coming up this weekend. We'll do that next here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Master your facial hair style with 20% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, speaking of uh, mastering your facial hair uh, with Chemist Warehouse, he has that moustache growing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I look, honestly, everyone looks like, mate, it's not November. What are you do? I, I don't know. Look, I've had a few comments, a few ego boosts about it, so I'm like, oh, I might as well might keep it. Um, but there's no reason, really. No. The last time I grew a moustache was when my wife was getting pregnant. I said I'd shave it off when she got pregnant. She got pregnant with Arlo, and I... I shaved it off, but uh, there's no real reason. So no, I don't even think about it. We're not having another kid. All right, no, it's just all that reason. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, okay. We'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. Shot that, that in the butt real quick. Um, is he, uh, now, well, we're going to go around the grounds here and have a look at uh, some of the big games this weekend and get your thoughts on them. Uh, and, and this text has actually come through from James, which I think is a good place to start. Um, Hey guys, just wondering if that debutant warrior, he's talking about Ali uh, Liatoa, um, making his debut is going to be marking Croker in his 300th game tonight. Surely they wouldn't put that kind of pressure on the new kid on the block. I feel it's a bit unfair. Maybe he's on the other side. But that other Canberra scene is a bit of a gun too. The young fella's definitely got his mm. work cut out. What do you reckon? Yeah, he will have his work cut out, but that's what you want. You want someone that is fresh, um, new. Look, they'll rally around him. When you've got a debutante playing in the team, they won't just leave him out in the lurch. I think the edge defence has been outstanding this year, well, particularly with Montoya and Dylan Watani-Zelizniak. They've had a real connection around that edge. He wouldn't be put in there just to be thrown under the bus. Um, but hey, you're marking a guy that's full of emotion, um, full of pride, and uh, wanting to prove everyone wrong. So it's going to be a difficult night, but mate, from what I've heard, I've never seen this kid play, but from what I've heard, um, there's big raps on him. So I'm going to be watching that game t- tonight instead of that other game, and uh, I'm going to be watching it with interest. Can't yeah. wait. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like he said, that other game, mate. A couple of your a couple of your good mates, uh, DC. Uh, uh, Ali he didn't Will- play, mate. Ali Williams. Uh... He didn't play. DC, so can you just <laughs> put that they, out of your they, mind? They played for the Blues. He mate. trained. He trained. He trained. He trained in a Blues kit. He didn't wear the jersey. He played in a he Blues did. training kit, yeah. 
That's like Ruben, uh, you know, our, cont- our manager in the back room. Where he's just a fan. He's just been a fan. Mate. Oh, is that what it was? He's yeah. just been a fan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Blues will win that. The Blues will win that. 2009 was the last time the, the Waratahs went to Eden Park and, and won that game. I think uh, the Blues will be too good for them this week. And um, Bowden Barrett's back. We're expecting big things from him. And uh, Mark Talia, look, he's just unplayable, unstoppable at the moment. It's just their ability to get him in the game. They've got a Ford pack that's, uh, you know, been ravaged with injuries in the in the locking department. So that's where they're going to have question marks around the line-out. But Paul Tito was on the show yesterday, and uh, I know he'll be uh, wary of that. I'm expecting the Blues 11-20. to 20. Blues 11 to 20. It is paying 350 at the tab as well, just quietly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's our multi. Come on. <laughs> no wonder you're riding at home. Um, we've got some afternoon footy tomorrow at FMG Stadium. The Chiefs take on the Reds. We've had John Ryan on. Reds are the only team to have beaten the Chiefs this season. Uh, any mm. chance they go again? Nah, no chance. I don't. Like you give them some sort of chance. I didn't think they'd go to Taranaki and, and beat them there. But uh, nah, I think... From that little blink in their armour, I always said that's that's the best thing that happened to the Chiefs. You know, like when you get a little uh, bumpy bump in the road, it actually brings you down to earth, creates a lot of edge, and um, I think they're going to go on. Yeah, and they'll right. get to that final and, and have a good crack at it. But so they'll be too good for the Reds. We've got the Blues through, we've got the Chiefs through. The Crusaders against the Drua. We've kind of talked about this a bit earlier. It's hard to see the Drua mm. um, winning in Christchurch, isn't it? It's hard to see the, the draw coming here to a cold, miserable, scaffolded stadium and, and putting on a performance. But like I touched on earlier, this is a team full of athletes, athletes that can um, open teams up. The clean line breaks, I touched on it earlier, 13 clean line breaks compared to the red zero in that performance over the weekend. That just rings to me. This is a team full of athletes. If you watch that try, on the weekend from the loose forward, he's went about 70 metres to score. It looked like an outside back. They play our unstructured game. They need to go there, get the cold weather out of their heads, get everything out and just play rugby and play their style of rugby, which is LQB, lightning quick ball from the ruck, unstructured play, get their ball players in, in positions where they can have one-on-one attacking opportunities. They could create a bit of havoc. But in saying that, Crusaders all day. Crusaders all day. All right, that leaves us with one quarterfinal, and this is the one that probably deserves the most attention, the Brumbies and the Canes. Uh, Canberra, a lot of people say, tough place to go. It's cold, etc., uh, etc. Et it is uh, tough to beat the Brumbies there, but I don't feel like the Brumbies have been as good this season as maybe they were in the last couple. Now, that's the only thing probably helping them is the travel and, and the cold weather. you know. But it is cold in Wellington. So I, I think Wellington have the team to go over there and, and disrupt. You know, they, they're a back-against-the-wall kind of team, and um, it's just whether they're in the... It all comes back to mentality, mindset, you know, that's all it is. That's the only thing stopping this Hurricanes team from going over there. If they get caught up in the structured style that the Brumbies play, let them give penalties, kick to the corner, get them more going, set-piece, it'll be a tough night. Go over there, play, you know, unstructured footy and, and disrupt them in, the, in that sense. And, um, yeah, look, I... I I think the Brumbies will win, but on the other side, I'd love to see the Hurricanes go get the job 
and, and have four teams potentially vying for that Super Rugby derby. Oh yeah, I tell you what, we'll have to get some Aussie guests on the show next week if that's uh, if it's four Kiwi teams in the semi-finals. Um, that'll that'll be. I don't a, think they'd care. <laughs> that'll be a bit of fun. It's a bit, a bit of fun. <laughs> hey, I was looking at the NRL. We talked obviously Warriors Raiders. Probably the standout game though for the weekend from the NRL is Sunday at six. Storm hosts the Sharks. It's fifth versus fourth. I've mm. taken the Sharks in my tips, but they're the outsiders. They're paying uh, I think two fifty, and the Storm are about a buck fifty. Mm, it's hard for me to go against Bellyache and the Storm two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, look, I know what you're saying though. The Cronella, they're they're a quality side, but Shark like the the Storm losing two in a row. I just I just can't see it happening. What's going on with the Storm though? You know, like well, in your eyes, what is their problem at the moment? I think it's a lack of physicality. Um, and 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 potentially also a bit of a lack of they've lost a bit of that we know how to win and winning is a habit, you know they've lost so many players over the last few seasons, but particularly from last season the Bromwich brothers and Felice Kalfusi uh, and Cheese all leaving, you know that's four of your five um, four of your six starting forwards gone out of the club. I, I just think. They don't quite have the depth that, you know, they lose one or two and then, yeah, I mean, that's where they're getting found out, you know, up the middle. I mean, remember, I mean, I know, the, I know the, uh, they beat the Warriors, but remember when the Warriors went over there and uh, tailed them up in the first half and then the refs got the uh, storm back into it? You remember that? Uh, mm. But Adam Fanua Blake <laughs> scored one straight up the guts, hardly even touched. That never would have happened to that storm last, that storm side last season. I think that's the problem. That's why they're so inconsistent. Yeah, I'm hearing you, definitely. Uh, Bellyache would have wound them right up, and uh, we'll see a reaction, but you're picking the the Sharks? I'm yeah. probably going to go the Storm. I yeah. just can't see them losing. I'm, I'm, I'm going the Sharks, $2.40. $2.40, yeah. their part. That's, that's and just value, before I let you go, yeah. yesterday I named the, the ABs 15. There was a name I left out. You 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 got me thinking about the 12 position. Yeah. A guy playing for 12 for the Chiefs, Ramaka Pohipi. Mm. I think, um, you know, he's showing signs that he can take that next step. I think he'll be an inclusion in that, and particularly in the centre area too of Braden Enel, Br- Billy Proctor. Billy Proctor, there's another name there. There's another name. Well, you know, and obviously with the way things are going, Enel, Goodhue, not guaranteed to be at the Satyrs next year from, from the sounds of things. Does that if, if they're not staying in New Zealand, does that take them out of the reckoning as well? We'll, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. It is six away from nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. When we come back, we'll catch up with Smithy and see what's happening between now and 12.